This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my time. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And now, here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, the program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. Friends, it's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. We talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. And obviously, um, there are dramatic issues that are affecting us um, in all levels and um, you know, disconcerting in, in many cases, if not most cases. And you know, we're all, all aware of that. Um, I do want to let you know I've had, uh, I think, a stroke of uh, positive uh, uh, positive stroke this week. And I'd like to share some of the things that I've, I'm learning and that um, I'm, I'm relearning with you because it's kind of given me a, a, a more of an optimistic tone, if you will, um, than some, you know, some of the pessimism that we all have been experiencing uh, recently. I have started to rereading uh, an outstanding book. In fact, I can't even really say enough good things about this particular book, and it, and it's, and it got a lot of acclaim on its own. 1776 by David McCullough. And of course, many of you know that David McCullough is a very highly respected author, and he specializes in American history. And particularly, uh, he has a heart, of course, for the the our Revolutionary War period era and our founding of our country. Of course, he one of his best known books was John Adams. The I would say very possibly the best biography, most comprehensive biography that's been written about John Adams. And, of course, there was a, a miniseries, which was outstanding, um, uh, some years ago, 10-plus years ago. And actually, he actually followed the John Adams book up, David McCullough did, the author, with this book, 1776. And basically, that's the name uh, is that simple because that's exactly what the book is. It starts um, on January 1st, 1776, and it documents the major events of the country uh, that took place from J- January 1st through December 31st. And and that's kind of what, that's, that's primarily what I want to talk about today. First of all, obviously to review some of the high points of that year and also the incredible adversity that, where America found itself Near the end of the year, in December of 1776, in fact, uh, um, and this isn't uh, this isn't news. Most most of you probably are know this anyway. But um, I think the extent of the problems that America had, I don't know if all of us you know really are aware of or, or fully appreciate. In fact, we we we, we most likely don't. Um, even those of us, even those who know how how difficult it was. But you know, this the, the country the and the, and the Continental Army, which basically was the, the driving engine of of of, of Maintaining independence and, and and establishing attempting to establish freedom was was literally about to fall apart in December of of nineteen excuse me of seventeen seventy six just to give you an example earlier in the year Washington, George Washington had General George Washington had started with over thirty thousand men in some of the big battles that took place up around New York Battle of Brooklyn uh, Battle of Fort Washington. Uh, some of those, and as you know, most you know, most of us know, most of you know, um, those battles were all losses, and in many cases, you know, heavy, heavy losses. And as a result of that, um, pretty much the entire year was just you know, Washington and his army retreating, and in some cases, miraculous retreats uh, all the way down the eastern seaboard, of, you know, from New York all the way down to to New Jersey, um, and then then Pennsylvania. But the point is, it, it started with thirty thousand men, the Continental you know, under under the leadership of George Washington, his, his specific army. By the time they had gotten down, it became in December of seventeen seventy six. They were down to about three thousand men. They were down to about ten percent of where the army had started uh, earlier that year. Um, um uh, you know, amid much optimism about the the revolution, and of course, obviously. Um, 
you know, 1776 was a year of extraordinary highs uh, and optimistic uh, optimism and extraordinary lows. Needless to say, the July 4th, which, you know, actually was July 2nd, but, you know, we, we celebrate it and acknowledge it as July 4th, the signing of the Declaration of Independence, um, declaring our in writing officially uh, that we were declaring our independence from Great Britain. From King George um, was an ex- you know, extraordinary event, uh, to say the least. Um, that's a huge understatement. Um, but, of course, that was attended by tremendous optimism and hope for the future. Um, however, within that was obviously early July 1776, about six, six months later, a short six months later, the entire cause was, a, was about to implode, literally. Um, and of course, uh, you know, David Cullum makes the McCullum makes the the point strongly that the Continental Army was the country. <laughs> if you don't have the Continental Army, you don't have uh, any independence movement. <laughs> um, the, the Continental Army was the driving force behind as the the successful establishment of the United States of America. If the uh, Continental Army goes away, then there's obviously there's no even a, a major attempt to um, there's no way you're going to have an independent new country. So to say when, when we you know and and David McCullough once again makes this point drives it home because I think it's and these are all things that I think we always kind of sort of knew, um, but we didn't really really grasp and dissect and digest the the magnitude of the state of the sorry state of affairs of the country and the specifically the Continental Army in December of 1776. So basically the situation was they were down to about 3000 men, uh, just completely haggard. Um, many of them barely had clothes. There's even accounts of some men really didn't even have clothes. They just would, would wrap themselves in blankets. Um, many men did not have shoes. In fact, there are accounts that you could tell where the army had been by the blood and the snow and the ice, uh, just from you know from their bloody feet. I mean that that was the state of the army: starving, disease. Um, you know the men were, were were just haggard and on the on the point of of of, of physical collapse um, in December seventeen seventy six. And to top all of that, the enlistments of about ninety percent of that final three thousand. 75 to 90 percent were up on December 31st. Uh, so the, the, the few remaining 10 percent, uh, haggard and starving as they were, um, were, were on the brink of, of, of leaving as well, uh, you know, because they, they, you know, their, their commitment uh, ex- expired on December 31st. So that was the state of America in the middle of December 1776. And so essentially what I'm going to focus on, you know, pretty much for the most of the time that we have are that those final um, 10 or 15 days of the year. And it shows, I think what is illustrated is George Washington's brilliance uh, as a general and a leader. Um, but his, his incredible perseverance, his incredible faith in God, his incredible faith in the cause of liberty, the cause of independence, um, and the way that he was able to to transfer and translate that experience, that that leadership, and that heartfelt um, feeling that he had to the men, and, and and was truly, truly an inspirational figure. Truly inspired the men to go way, way beyond what they could 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 achieve or or, or could even do, and um, inspired them to to victories. Uh, that saved the country, uh, literally. So that's kind of the, the stage that was set. And uh, in, in fact, there's um, a phrase associated with that era at 10 days that saved the world. And within 10 days, literally, <laughs> um, it's documented on the calendar, Washington took that army, starving army, no sh- many without shoes, poorly fed, poorly clothed, and executed three major military battles, victories, within those 10 days. And so by the time the year was over, uh, America had revitalized and was now on the, on the, on the move, but, but, and, but most importantly, had, had survived. 
and of course it all started with the battle, the crossing of the Delaware and the Battle of Trenton, which I'll talk about um, a little bit later in a few minutes. But the point, the first point that needs to be made, and I think you know, virtually all of us, I guess, that are over forty, know about the Battle of Trenton, uh, the surprise attack on the Hessian army, um, having to cross the uh, Delaware River in the worst possible conditions, uh, storm, sleeting, snowing. Um, it just a miraculous is a miraculous event. They were even able to cross the river. I mean that that was li- li- literally. Um, but um, then to go and uh, attack the Hessians and 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 you defeat them in in a rousing fashion um, was was the singular event that that saved the country literally in 1776. But and we're gonna gonna talk a little bit more in depth about that. But but the other the first point is though is the incredible. Adversity, the credible difficulty, how close Washington's army was from completely imploding, how close the country was from from you know no longer being able to exist to, to push back to fight against the British. That's point number one. Now from that came this brilliant um, maneuver, this high risk maneuver by George Washington, was able to pull it off because of his extraordinary leadership to inspire the men to do things physically they 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 probably shouldn't have been able to do or wouldn't have been able to do. And then, then after it was, um, after the huge victory at Trenton, he was able to, once again, through his inspirational leadership, inspire many of those men to reenlist, <laughs> to, to stay with it. Despite the fact that they were still starving, uh, still didn't have good clothes, um, the whole nine yards, they, um, you know, he was still able to, to inspire the men to, to keep fighting, to, to keep persevering, to keep fighting for, for America. So, that's kind of where we'll pick it up when we come back from our break is so, talk about some of the, the brilliant maneuvers of George Washington in specifically the Battle of Trenton. And then after that, a few days later, the Second Battle of Trenton and then the, the Battle of Princeton, um, all major victories and victories that literally saved the country in the year 1776, as documented by David McCullough. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Mark Chayot, MD practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education, accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. Well, we've got your answer to navigating the healthcare world. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. We're in the middle of a really important discussion about Medicare yes. benefits. We've got our experts from Cigna, and I hit Randy up with a little challenge as we went to the break. And I'm going to ask uh, Randy if you'll you'll pick up where we left off and talk about what the beneficiary really needs to make their make their best decisions. Sure, thank you, Dr. Mark. Um, like I mentioned before the break, uh, the first step would be to sit down with a benefit consultant. Uh, the benefit consultants they're knowledgeable, they have experience, and what they will do is they will conduct a needs analysis to get a better understanding of what the personal health care needs are. Um, from the consumer. But keep in mind, these needs can be very different from those of your friends and family. 
Um, your neighbor may be on one plan and your next door neighbor on the other side may be on a different plan. So every plans are different. Um, but most consultants have extensive knowledge of all of the different plans in the consumer service area and can help the consumer make an educated decision. Great. So they, and how do they, how do they find those individuals? How do the consumers find the broker? How do the beneficiaries find an agent to talk to about all this stuff? Yeah. Probably the best way is to call Randy or Diana and she can, (laughs) they can put you in touch with somebody in the area that can help. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, so, so Ronald, I mean, why don't you uh, throw us a few things that you would talk to beneficiaries about regards to, you know, what, what those differences might be. I mean, I suspect they're, you know, what your baseline healthcare needs are, what your pharmacy needs are, that kind of thing. And, and that'll sort of explain what Ronald was referring to. Kind of the process, yeah. Well, one of the key things that you want to keep in mind is that, first and foremost, these plans are annual. So every year it's important that our beneficiaries sit down with a benefit consultant to discuss even if they're major or minor, any changes that may be coming uh, with their current plan. Um, if the plan is something, if nothing is changing that is that is uh, going to get away from their health care needs, they can do nothing and they'll be automatically, uh, you know, on the plan for the following year. But if they do have some changes that they see that are not really meeting their needs and they end up either calling Diana or Randy and they get hooked up with one of our benefit consultants in the community, um, the things that they're going to review are things like their formulary changes if their prescription drugs are in the same tier. They can have a drug that's on a generic tier one that now this year is tier two, so that's going to be more costly for them. Right. Uh, sometimes the doctors that they're, and their primaries and their specialists sometimes are no longer accepting on a plan. They're no longer on that directory for their existing plan, so they have to look at other options. Um, benefits like transportation. Uh, maybe one plan has a richer transportation, more rides, and so forth. So there's just a, a whole bevy of things that, that when you sit down with a benefit consultant, there are years of knowledge and experience not only in Medicare as a whole, but specifically in the plan offerings that they have because all these benefit consultants uh, not only have to be recertified every year uh, with centers of Medicare and Medicaid, but they have to be certified with all the plans that they represent, um, you know, Cigna being one of them, to make sure that they know all the benefits available for them so that they can speak with these prospective members and give them a real picture of what it is that they offer and see which one uh, may be the one for, to, to accommodate right. the health they need. It okay. may be their existing plan or it may be a new one. Exactly. Yeah, Lisa, talk about how important the role of the primary care can be in assisting uh, these Medicare patients in choosing the right plan for them. So we count on our providers to deliver quality health care and positive outcomes. When it comes to, you know, when it comes to the primary care physicians, they are, um, we're, it, it, it's the most important role in, uh, in, in the entire dynamic. Um, when it comes to their insurance needs, we ask that they just simply defer, you know, to the benefit consultants to help with their patients in selecting, you know, the plan that's best and the best one that meets their needs. Great. I mean, that makes sense. I know that the uh, providers sometimes sort of get directed in what they're used to using, and I'm sure that they, similar to the beneficiaries, they get a lot of information yep. from the consultants. I mean, the things change, and and I think uh, as a provider, you know, we get busy doing other things, but as you say, that's the yep. most important part of the Well, plan. you know, Dr. Mark, let me ask you this. You know, you know that every physician doesn't take every insurance plan. Right. So there right. are times when these Medicare plans are... A, a primary care physician would only take certain plans. Right, right. And that I think that's when it becomes limited. Uh, if that patient wants to see that primary care physician, they have to choose a plan that he right. accepts. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, on that note, I, mean, I want to give a, a bit of a plug and and uh, maybe ask Lisa to follow up on this. Now, Cigna is a five-star plan. That's correct. So explain what that means, because I think that fits right into what your comment. Lisa, if it's okay, I can go ahead and take that question. Yeah, go, go ahead, Diana. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. The system is based on quality and customer satisfaction on things like preventative screenings and vaccinations, helping customers manage chronic conditions, customer experience ratings, customer service, drug safety and accuracy of drug pricing. So this is how a lot of our 
this is how the five-star rating is evaluated. And Cigna has actually been a five-star plan for three consecutive years. So very, we're very, proud, very, very, very proud yeah. of that, which is really nice because being a five-star plan that um, allows the member or the potential member to be able to enroll with us at any given time of the year. Right. So that's a really Even key component, a- right? So they could mm-hmm. they could be on a plan that they're less than happy with, and they'd be able to change over to Cigna no matter what what month it is in the year. That that is correct. That's the benefit of being a five star plan. So no, I mean, with yeah. Cigna with Cigna right now, they can change at any time because we are five. So if mm-hmm. you're Medicare straight Medicare with a supplement, and your situation changes mid year without having to be in the annual en- enrollment period, you can actually change over to Cigna. Definitely. Yeah, and I, yes. and I think that's a super important message because we get yes. questions all the time. Uh, I think people feel like they're locked in, and it's very they easy are. for them to say, you yeah. know what, this isn't what I need, but doggone it, you know, I can't do anything. And there really are a number of, I mean, you've, you've talked about just today, we've talked about two pieces of information mm-hmm. I think a lot yep. of beneficiaries don't right. know, that in the first three months you can make and a change. How would a beneficiary know what a five-star plan yeah, was? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I believe Cigna's the only five-star plan in the Orlando market right now, if I'm I'm aware. Well, there's one other plan one that other? is a five-star okay. plan as well, but... Um, but yes, but yeah. Cigna is, <laughs> we have been five-star yeah. plans. So, Dr. Mark, that tells you how hard so it is to get that, that. Uh, right. qualification. Right, and I think that would bring a lot of confidence to folks. That Sure. Because let's be very clear. I mean, we don't expect any of the, the folks that are getting this insurance to be experts on, on their right. plans. Right. And, and I mean, that it's something that we should want them to feel very comfortable asking questions and getting advice based on what their particular situations are, and they're going to really benefit from that. But to have a group like yours that can offer that information is right. tremendously valuable. Yeah. And you guys, you guys must be incredibly busy. I mean, we say, hey, let, let's call, let's call Lisa. Especially well, being a five star right, plan, right? Can I market mean, all year long. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Is, is it that easy for the beneficiaries yeah. to reach out to you guys? You know, it absolutely is. We're here to help them. We are very busy, but we are very happy to hear from each and every one of them. Excellent. Uh, come, you know, come December 8th, when everybody heads off to vacation, yep. we're, we're here enrolling for the rest of the year. So it's, uh, it's a little bit of a different situation in the state of Florida. So but we're, me, we're here to serve. Great. So, you know, we want each one of you to just take about 45 seconds and talk to our listeners about what you think they need to know about their Medicare coverage. And I'd really like to, I think, Dr. Mark, and I'd like to hear from each one of you. Absolutely. So, Lisa, why don't you start that off, and then we'll go to Randy, Diana, and then Ronald. So I think um, I, I will start because there's just a lot of buzz and a lot of excitement in the air for what uh, Cigna's going to be offering in 2022. Um, I think you can expect some, some great benefit enhancements across the board. Um, our portfolio um, is expanding into into new counties. We've got a new product going out with um, you know counties due to the timing, obviously, of this call, um, Larry. Um, that's really all I can share with you at this time. But sure. if you'd like to invite us back after October first, we'll be happy. We to would share, love to uh, additional yep. good news with you. Okay, we would love to do that. We'll do a follow up. Okay, thank you, Randy. Mm-hmm. You want to jump in? What's your uh, what's your advice to our listeners? So for 2022, I want all of our listeners to know that Cigna Medicare will be in 22 counties with 22 plans in the year 2022. So we are growing rapidly. We're expanding in multiple counties for 2022. And one thing that I really want the the listeners to understand is that whatever your neighbor is on, whatever their plan is, may not be the best plan for them. So they really need to compare the different plans out there and make the best choice for their wants and needs. Now, that, that's a great point because we do try to find a, a sense of complacency, and, and there are certain things that we don't like to do. We don't like to uh, you know file our taxes and change our health care plans. It seems to be a drudgery, but you guys are making it yeah. sound a lot easier. They are. So so let's see. We got. Uh, I think we're up to Diana. Ronald, and so we have to apologize to Diana because she's going to have a tough one to come up with new information. Right. Ronald, go, go ahead and throw out <laughs> your two cents. Yeah, no problem. Um, absolutely. I, and I think the biggest thing that I take away from this call has to be, again, that knowledge is key. And that, again, I reiterate, every year these plans change. So it's important that you sit down with a benefit consultant to go over 
not only just the benefits that you have on your existing plan, but to make sure that there's no other plans out there that actually have maybe some benefits this year uh, that weren't available last year. Um, again, like I said, important formulary changes, provider changes, and most importantly, the cost of the plan itself, co-payment. So yep. again, you know, as Lisa stated, you know, uh, and and my colleague stated, uh, we are particularly a five-star plan. Uh, we're a home, uh, a, a household name. So we'll be more than happy to come back when we're able to talk more detail Great. about our benefits. And, Thank okay. you. And, and and before then, Diana yeah. speaks, I want to just say we've been being kind of covert here. So yep. the the rule is you know, federally mandated that we can't talk about what's going to be offered until October until October first. So that's we're not trying. To, no, no one's trying to be sneaky year, or anything. Mark, that's, that's just a that's just the law. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll follow that at least as Absolutely. long as we can. Diana, take it away. Definitely. So my I suggest that our that all of our seniors or Medicare eligibles out there to, you know, knowledge is power. So I agree that um, you need to go in and actually do your research. A good place to start is the Medicare and New Handbook, which is mailed to all Medicare households each fall. It includes a summary of Medicare benefits, rights, and protections. Um, it includes a list of health and drug plans and answers to frequently asked questions. So I would definitely start there, look into, like, the different plans, um, and choose Cigna because we are fine. <laughs> well, thank you, Diana. And guys, we are running out of time, but we have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you today. And again, once uh, open enrollment starts uh, in early October, we will have you guys back on to talk more definitively about the Cigna Medicare program. Thank you so much. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thanks okay. a lot. Really, really great work. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks a lot. We'll be right back. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. That was a great and very informative conversation with our experts from Cigna. Really appreciate them all being there. And, you know, there were, just for our listeners, you know, we had four of them on the line. Right. And they were call-ins. Right. And they did a really good job not stepping. They did. Not stepping on each other's toes. But we're going to have a couple of them back. Absolutely. You know, open enrollment starts October 15th. Right. But they can't announce their actual new benefits until October 1. Right. Absolutely. So we want to have them back and talk specifically about Cigna's offering as we get more into the Medicare yep. program. No, I think it'll be really helpful. But that was a great yeah. couple of segments. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Well, let's jump into the mm-hmm. uh, last segment of this Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. talking about a number of different things yep. of interest, you know, things in the news. And I want to start off with uh, Walmart Health. Yep. So so those two words together, Walmart <laughs> Health, is kind of, kind of something you really didn't think you were going to hear. But they're uh, the, all kidding aside. They yeah. are looking to hire yeah. physicians and dentists for local yeah. local uh, clinics. Right. And well, you know, in other parts of the country, Walmart Health already has oh, yeah. about a hundred clinics across the country right. in selected uh, Walmart uh, uh, stores around the country. Yeah, we've we've yeah. spoken yeah. to their uh, their yeah. medical director. Yeah, in the their past medical director, and yeah. even looked at you know how how our. Physician group might get involved in that. Can involve because yep. you, know, you can look at it as it's either going to be competition yep. or something that you can That's work right. with. That's right. We no, nothing really came of the conversations. No. But, well, but, I think at that time they weren't really no, it was ready to come into Florida. Yeah. But now Walmart is seeking primary care doctors and dentists in the Metro Orlando area yep. to staff up their Walmart Health concept. Yeah, they're looking at opening four yep. locations. Yep. And uh, offering a, a number of different things, including primary care, right. x-rays, audiology, 
Um, so it's sort of, uh, I mean, if you take away the name, it's going to be just basically a little uh, outpatient medical facility uh, with, with different offerings. So it'll be interesting to see how yep. that goes. I think it's easy yep. to uh, poke holes in yep. anything new. Right. But, well, you know, Walmart already, they have their pharmacies. Sure. They have their uh, eye clinics. Yeah, that, well, that's how all these groups get yeah, into it, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, with the exception yeah. of Amazon, but right. I mean, looking looking at CVS, Walgreens, now Walmart, they they kind of got yep. they yep. got their foot in the door with healthcare products yep. and pharmacy, and now are looking at these other services. So, right. so we're going to learn a lot about that going forward, and we'll definitely yep. keep an eye on that yep. and bring it back. and And if our uh, any of the listeners have any experiences with this groups, so I'd love to hear from. Yeah, them. have them call in. Yeah. yeah. So I'd like to bring up a uh, sort <laughs> Are of. Are we going to beat up United Healthcare a little more? We have to, and you know, and I, I want to say that we don't have have any sponsors here that right. that are that cover on the insurance side. We just had That's a great right. talk with the Cigna folks, but we brought them in mm-hmm. because they're a five star Medicare provider, and we thought they would represent very well, right. and they did. Well, I think the big issue was the lack of reimbursement for the vaccine administration. Right. Remember that early yes, on. Absolutely. We talked about that yes, last week. Absolutely, yeah. But aside from that, United has done some things that I think fit right into value-based care. No question. Meaning moving out of the hospital mm-hmm. and imaging where it's a more reasonable cost. Right. And, and uh, even outpatient surgeries. And that actually impacted you, didn't it, Dr. Martin? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and they've, they've uh, made statements you know, from their coverage standpoint to push these in the right direction. They've also purchased other companies that are in those spaces and I think that's sort of the, where the uh, the hashtag Welcome that we'll bring up that, that came up in one of my uh, medical news feeds is hashtag cartel. You know, we're we're right. looking at the earnings of United Health Records, three point three billion dollar profit in the second quarter. In the second quarter alone, sixty point six billion dollars Q two earnings up eight yep. percent. Yep. I mean, Optum. Which is almost one of their parent companies. Yeah, well, right. Yeah. Well, actually, Op- Optum has is a number of companies. Mm-hmm. Optum owns 292 companies, all of which are part of United Healthcare's 636 292 companies. 292 companies. Right. So, so it's this big. I mean, it's well, it, they came huge. into Orlando and bought up a lot of the outpatient surgery centers. Yes, they did. If yes, you they remember, did. yep. I so, think it was SCA they bought. Right. So yep. United Healthcare is now number six in the Fortune 500. Wow. They own, like we just said, over 630 companies, and Optum RX is one of the three biggest pharmacy groups that, besides CVS, Caremark, and Express Scripts. So, I mean, yeah. it's but it's there's huge. another piece of this, Doctor Mark, that uh-huh. is interesting. Optum owns fifty thousand physicians. Yep, and we should say they any, employ. I, don't, I mean, we're they on. employ. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it's true. Fifty thousand physicians, more than anyone in the U.S., including Kaiser. Yep. Fifty thousand. Fifty thousand physicians. That's pretty pretty incredible. Yep. So we have to uh we have to pay homage to their uh financial success, no doubt. Yep. But uh, it's also a little scary to see those numbers. I yep. mean I mean I would say the only relief piece here is when we start talking about the overall health care costs in America and we wonder how we might be able to trim them back, we can look at some really big players that account for a yeah. lot of that money and maybe uh, yeah. you know find a way to work with them. Yeah. And by the way, before we get into our next topic, I wanted to mention, you know, we just did two segments on Medicare and seniors. There has been uh, an agent, see, it's an Orlando Secret Service special agent in charge, a gal by the name of Carolyn O'Brien, that is actually leading webinars and seminars around, they actually did one on the 14th, in the Altamont Springs area, talking about the $3 billion that seniors were scammed last year in different scams uh, that come up, whether it's on the phone, whether it's on the Internet or whatever. Can you imagine, Dr. Mark, $3 billion a year? No, I do. I mean, we all get those phone calls, or I don't know if you ever sat down in front of your computer and got a warning that you had just been taken hostage and you have to pay. It looks very real oh without a doubt and there's no question that you can see how folks that are you know just a little more vulnerable than you and i you know i think i mentioned to you that when my dad lived with us for eight years before he passed away in 2016 we had to have him stop answering the telephone yeah because he had a little dementia and he would agree to whatever anybody wanted to sell him on the phone right no (laughs) it's 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 frightening well that's great very frightening this group is is available and i know they do more they they had a 
they had an event uh, on the 14th, yep, and they, they have other events. Yep. Um, if you have any questions, you can call them at 407-863-0325. And, I mean, or you, email them. You can email them at Savannah, that's with two N's, at NorthStarSA.com. And it's free, Dr. Mark. Yeah, it's free. No, It's yeah, free. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, that'd, be good. that'd be that'd be very interesting. Yeah. I'd like to. We'll post that on our website. That's a good idea. Okay. That's a good idea. I'd okay. Be interested to see, you know, what type of information they're seeing, you know, the at that, at that increase in 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 whether it's telephone. What yep. area is the most yep. critical? So yep. that's that's really amazing. I know we're jumping around a lot, but we got a lot of interesting stuff going on. Talk to us about Google in Mayo Clinic. So they are teaming up to develop artificial intelligence that will aid in the mapping of the connections in the brain for neurostimulation treatments, among other things that they're working together. Yeah, okay. But, but they really are looking at uh, treating movement disorders like Parkinson's. Okay, for Parkinson's, As well as yeah. possibly other okay. psychiatric illnesses okay. and, other than movement. And we did a little piece on AI the other day, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a no. couple of well, shows ago. There's no doubt that, that, again, AI is not just the you know, future of the world and robots taking over, um, but it's really about the ability to look at huge amounts of data and come up with the right decision tree instantly. And in in medicine, in transportation, um, you know, as as we start looking at you know cars speaking to cars, mm-hmm. that's all AI. That's right. So so it's all that type of communication. Yeah. So we it certainly sure do makes, have a lot sure. of Tesla cars having accidents here recently too. Yeah. Right? Well, We've I mean, again, <laughs> we have a lot more non-Tesla cars having accidents. So that's true. So yeah. it all it that's all kind of right. depends on on Good where point. you're looking at that's it. That's a great but, point, Doctor. But Martin. but I do think that. Seeing these groups like Google working with the the medical science yep. makes perfect sense. With I think Mayo there, Clinic. Yeah. yeah, there there are a lot of you know quite frankly, there's a lot of investors out there that are looking for corporations, maybe even at the startup level, that are working with AI for for basically everything, anything that you can imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's sort of the buzzwords today are AI and blockchain yep. of that's of right. how we're that's going right. to manage things. And again, it's all about managing huge amounts of information. Almost instantaneously, so that that'll be that'll be yeah. exciting. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of a uh, lot of information there. And then there was a, a FDA court order deadline recently. You know, we had talked about how that only 15 percent of America now are smokers. Yep. But if you recall, over 15 percent are now doing the vaping. Yes. And so they're trying to change the rules to where you can't buy vaping products until you're 21. But also, they want to take the rigorous application of these products and make them much more demonstrated that the public health value. And they're actually looking at that uh, this month. Hmm. I wonder how yeah. that's going to play out. Because we, we, we had a, a, a lot of discussion on one of our early shows about vaping yeah. and yeah. about Juul. Uh, specifically, didn't we and have a physician on on I, there? That you know, we, we had someone that? from the American Cancer Society. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. and she yeah. spoke. She spoke about yeah. the numbers, the incredible numbers of of teenagers that were vaping. And you know, yeah. I I thought that the actual products, though, yeah. not maybe not yeah. the mechanism. You had to be twenty one to buy yeah. the actual products, right? But you can actually buy a vape stick. At any age, at eighteen, at eighteen, at eighteen, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Now that'll be, yeah, we, we, you know, it hasn't. But you can go on these uh, high school campuses and you see these kids. Oh yeah, vaping. for sure. No, it, it's it's yeah. pretty much everywhere. I mean, yeah. it's uh, I mean, definitely something that yeah. we don't have enough information on, and is is very concerning. Like it's not. Uh, I think in in certain countries they really pushed vaping to get rid of smoking. Sure, but it may be you know. The old out of the frying yeah. pan into the yeah. fire. We just we we just don't know right. yet. So right. that's that's but, an issue. you know vaping to me is that's just stupid, Doctor Mark. <laughs> <laughs> we try not to be too opinionated. Uh, I try. But we don't, I we try. Don't want to offend our yeah. vapors yeah. out there. And I mean, I would like to believe that people who started vaping to stop smoking. Right. That I'd like to, and I don't know. I mean, right. I'd like to believe. I agree that that's something positive, yeah. but. If it makes it easier for people to pick up a habit that's clearly not good well, for when you. Well, when you see some of the extreme cases where people have died as a result of vaping. Sure, sure. There's no, no question. But yeah. but yeah. again, I mean, looking, they there's some science behind that, too. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they do need to control the products that are out there. I mean, all the, all the uh, vaping issues and the teenage deaths were related to black market yeah. in, or black market products that had right. some bad stuff in it. So that's definitely of concern 
But at the same time, just the the idea that it's easier for someone to start vaping than smoking, quite frankly, yeah, yeah. they can get away with it easier. You yeah. don't smell the the vaping as much as you do yeah. the smoking. Yeah. So the, the kids, you know, when we're in high school and people go yeah. to the bathroom and light up a cigarette, it's a whole different ball game out right. there, you know? Right. That's so, a dangerous thing, if you ask me. Yep. Well, I, can, I, I can I can get your... I'm, I'm hearing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's definitely definitely concerning. We have to keep an eye yep. on that. You know, we're we're getting short on time, but what a great conversation we had with our Medicare guest today. Yeah, I think that was really uh, with helpful. Cigna. Hopefully, uh, we lent a little more clear understanding to the options of Medicare. And I think we're going to get into more in that once we get the open enrollment period going, because they can release their benefits October yeah, 1. Right. And we can talk about that more. But yeah. And I think, you know, the takeaway for me more than anything was that, that people's, they have entire careers in educating the yep. public. Yep. Now, I know they, they get paid to right. do this, but it's a great, great, great service. And I don't think that anyone should have a Medicare policy without speaking to someone about the options. Absolutely. Uh, I've had the opportunity to work yep. with a, a family member trying to get them on a plan that, that would fit them better. Okay. And working, we talked about working with the primary care physicians. Right. And that's one angle. But I, I tell you, as you said, not not every physician takes every plan. That's right. That's so I right. think it's yeah. that would be the, the takeaway message of today. Uh, today's show so. is make sure if you are getting a Medicare product or anyone in your family is, is that you spend the time to reach out to a broker yep. and just make it happen. Right. And the last thing, Dr. Mark, get your vaccination. Absolutely. Booster it's if you need it. has been a great show today, Dr. Mark. Absolutely. We'll talk to you next talk week. To, see you next week. Thanks. Do you feel better now? We hope you do. Join us again next week for Healthcare Now. For a podcast of this program, go to theanswerorlando.com. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now back to the studio. Here's Roger Franklin Williams. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. I'm talking, I'm sharing mainly with you about today about a, 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 an extraordinary book that I'm rereading. It's been very uplifting for me to to really see the struggle of our original patriots, George Washington, and the extraordinary people who who led the fight for victory to who, who created this nation both in, in various different ways. One, they had to fight, of course, a battle, a war to do it, um, take on the most powerful army in the world at the time. Uh, but also, um, and of course, later after that was done, established the, 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 the government uh, that, that we've had and the economic system, uh, the Constitution of the United States, uh, based on freedom and liberty uh, for all individuals. Constitutional Democratic Republic, Republican government. Um and it, and it's great to see. So so it, it's it's interesting to see the struggles and hardships that they had, and we all, of course, all aware of the struggles and hardships that we're having now, and you know, concern for the future by you know some of the the, the handwriting on the wall, if if which we talk about pretty much on a weekly basis here, and and, and ha- can have a tendency to get depressing. Um, um, but of course, yeah, I, I will take a stop just for a minute and take a you know, revisit the handwriting on the wall. And because I, I I don't think we can we can overemphasize this, and we just need to be aware of it. We need to figure out some way, just like George Washington figured out. He figured out how to defeat the biggest, the most powerful army in the world with a bunch of guys that literally didn't have shoes. So you know maybe we can figure out how to save ourselves. Um, but what the, one of the things that we're up against? He was up against the you know the British army, the the British Empire, the entire British Empire. Um, you know one of the things we're up against are what I refer to as big tech or other people refer to probably more accurately as, as the big tech oligarchs. And that are these giant privately held, not government. And that that's the key, not government privately held, privately owned entities, um, massive entities that essentially are controlling our, our communications and our information flow uh, in America and in the world. Now, who am I talking about? Google, Amazon, um, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. You know, these are entities that I think, you know, everybody, including me included, assumed were, you know, essentially freedom-oriented um, entities. 
and that would uh, play by the rules, if you will, um, of free speech, respect for individual rights, um, and in, in some cases, uh, you um, respect for the United States of America. Um, it, what we're learning, what, and what we're obviously seeing on a daily basis, is 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 abject censorship from these sources. Um, you know, so they censored the president of the United States uh, while he was still in office. Um, you know, you know, very selective coverage, narrative coverage. Um, you know, I don't need to, to go through the whole litany. You know, we experience it every day. You know what I'm talking about. Um, but um, that that's our challenge. I mean, how are we going to deal with with uh, the people that cont- literally control the communication resources now? As I said, Facebook, Google, Apple, um, YouTube, Twitter. Um, how are we going to deal with the censorship? And 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 it is a, a a tremendous problem, and it's something that I don't think, you know, many people. I don't know. I don't know of anybody specifically who anticipated it, uh, because you know, historically, the threat to free speech has been come from governments. You know, whether it's you know King George and and, and uh, European monarchs, whether it's uh, the Chinese communists, whether it's the Soviet Union, um, Nazi Germany, and Hitler. South American dictatorships, you know, you know, whatever brand of totalitarianism um, you might have had, um, it was the government that controlled the speech. It was the government that shut down free speech. You know, the government that put you know newspaper editors in jail, or um, you know, people on the radio, radio commentators, or people writing books um, like An- Alexander Solzhenitsyn back in the Soviet uh, Soviet Union back in the day. It, it was the government that, that did the crackdown. Well, now government does it, the, our you know leftist government, current leftist government, doesn't need to do a crackdown because they're walking in concert with the private sector people that control our communications. And so, I mean, how do we deal with that? How do we deal with the fact that the people that that control literally how we communicate and whether we can communicate, including even email, um, don't believe in our own values, don't believe in free speech. It looks like they don't believe in the United States of America. It looks like they're leftist. Um, in many cases, have cozy relationships with communist China. Um, you know, how do we deal with that challenge? Anyway, we're going to have to figure it out, just like George Washington figured it out. But that, that's what I'm talking about there. But now back to, to George Washington and, and the Battle of Trenton and saving the country. And so basically, from literally the the, the ultimate despair Washington, through his brilliance and you know through the hand of God, which seemingly was always on his shoulder, uh, was able to orchestrate this extraordinary uh, victory verse, uh, to, on the Battle of Trenton. Uh, without belaboring any more great details, he also organized uh, an attack on Princeton, New Jersey, which was a few miles up the road, um, approximately 10 or 15, something like that. Um, might not have the geography exactly right, but, you know, not too far up the road, uh, led, led you know, his army back up to Princeton. They did encounter General Cornwallis and his healthy uh, band of about 5,500 uh, redcoats, and they defeated him there. Um, defeated him in, in the, literally the streets of Trenton. Alexander Hamilton once again was one of the heroes with his artillery unit and ended up um, – uh, most of them eventually, the ones that weren't killed um, and captured, fled, and then the, a bunch of them surrendered. So once again, as they were being pounded by Hamilton's artillery. So anyway, the point the point is that literally from the, the darkest days of despair, um, about the middle of December 1776, George Washington inspired his army which it was, you know, the driving force in, in, in the country, the driving force of freedom, the indispensable force for freedom. Um, if they lose, everybody loses, the gig's up, um, was able to inspire these incredible victories. And to top it off, on December the 30th, he called his men together in dramatic fashion, which is described uh, you know, wonderfully in the book, uh, drums, uh, you know, um, trumpets, uh, you know, Washington, magnificent on his horse, and he gave a wonderful, um, a little—it's not—we couldn't even call it a speech. Just a, a, a wonderful plea, if you will, inspirational plea for the men to, to not to not to 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 to, to reenlist, 
to not please don't don't leave now don't don't leave us now we 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 need you we we had we know not how to spare you was was specifically what he said and amazingly uh, some of the, you know many of these guys um you know, decided most of them decided to reenlist uh in the continental army to, to stay with it um so anyway that that's that's to me that's just an incredible uh, inspirational story. It's something more positive to think about than you know the things that we kind of have to think about every day. Um, the things that we learn about uh, over and over again: uh, government crackdowns, totalitarian um, type of government. Um, you know the whole the whole nine yards. Uh, uh, what um, vaccine mandates, which are could be on the horizon and are already here in certain places like New York City. So anyway, that's what we're dealing with. Um, th- those are th- that's our. Uh, uh, those are our red coats. Those are our King George. Um, but, you know, every generation has had their challenges, and that's ours, and we're just going to have to face it and call on the Lord's help and do do as much as we possibly can. Now, one thing that I did want to share was, was some of these wonderful quotes from the book 1776, and, and I urge you, if you have it, and I know many of you already have it, um, I urge you to read it again. I think it was published back around 2007. If you don't have it, I, I strongly encourage you to buy it. And, I, and the thing that I want to once again continue to emphasize is it's not just um, wonderful history. You, the, the history itself, uh, the facts are incredibly uplifting. But the thing that really is inspirational is the um, the spirit of the people. And for instance, uh, just George Washington, something that, that, that really, really – made an impact on me when when I read it and it's something that's going to will continue to have an impact on me every day was you know in in, in his diary in, in in George Washington wrote extensively um and he 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 had a diary um which which they had which we have lives today um David McCullough you know, read you know you know we use it as a source for this this book 1776 when he was just at, at the ultimate depths of, of despair and just, you know, taking a good hard look at the facts, uh, you know, he's trying to fight the, the most powerful country empire in the world, the most powerful, well-equipped army, well-fed army, the, the British uh, army, the Redcoats, with, with 3,000 hungry, starving men that don't even have shoes, most of them, many of them. Um, you know, you don't, you don't get in a much worse situation than that. And as as he was just just taking that all in and just trying to figure out what, what what do we do and you know just understanding that the odds were were were, were so extraordinary, he 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 wrote in his diary, um, you know, after he kind of had this little rant of just how incredibly difficult things were and how he just didn't see how we, we were go- he was going to survive they, we were going to survive, he said, but I just don't think a cause so just can fail. And I think that says everything about George Washington. It says everything about the people of our founding Revolutionary War generation, because it wasn't just about them, their own personal individual freedom, their own personal battle against the Brit- Brits and the Redcoats. It was about the cause. It was about the new in his heart and his soul and his mind. George Washington did, and most of the people, uh, most of the patriots um, new or maybe even all of them the cause our cause is just we're on the right side god is on our side what we're fighting for is important and 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 it, it's the just cause and that and i think that says everything about washington and i think that was his driving force through all the incredible adversity was as he said in his own words i i just don't think a cause so just can fail well, friends, we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be back. Please stay with us on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, and now here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Very. Honored to be with you today. Thank you for the opportunity to join you. Talking about a wonderful book that um, that I'm rereading 
I know many of you have it. 1776 by David McCullough. It's the account. Well, it's the account of the entire year of 1776, starting on January 1st through December 31st. Includes, of course, the Declaration of Independence, but it's primarily focused on George Washington and his Continental Army because, of course, that was the the whole driving force of the whole effort. I mean, if there's no military victory, you're not going to have the birth of a country. If the military fails, if the army collapses, the army's captured or whatever disintegrates. Um, there's no country. There is no United States of America. So everything literally rested on the shoulders of George Washington, literally. And I want to share with you some of the wonderful uplifting quotes from the book in a minute, but I'm a little bit behind on letting you know about our wonderful sponsor. So I want to, of course, let you know that if you're looking for a place to care for your car, truck, SUV, van, any vehicle that you own, I urge you to go over and see my friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair, Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos. No job is too big or too small for the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. They're located 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka. Please tell them Roger Frank and William sent you. And I know a lot of you are telling them because uh, they always let me know and they always love uh, seeing our listeners and hearing from you. Also, I want to let you know that the guys up at Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair have everything you'll need for hurricane preparation and hurricane cleanup, plus top lines of, of outstanding lines of mowers and power equipment tools. So get up and see the guys at, at Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. They're located on Highway 441 on the north side of Apopka between Plymouth Serena Road and the 429. And you can find out more at apopkamower.com. That's apopkamower.com. Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. It's where they sell the best and they fix the rest. Now I'd like to go back to to George Washington. And, and I think that David McCullough really, really said it best. And this is powerful because David McCullough is a, a very uh, credible uh, you know, source. Of, 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 you know, he's, he's an authority on, on the founding of the country. And he, um, you know, his opinion of of the of the job that Washington did, you know, is is very important. And I'll share a great quote from here him in just a moment with you. Um, and there's some other great quotes I want to share too before uh, we end the show today. Um, and and here's the the wonderful quote from David McCullough about George Washington and, and how the country was, was created. And this is on one of the last pages in his book, 1776. And this is quoting directly from David McCullough. But in the last analysis, it was Washington and his army that won the war for American independence. The fate of the war and the revolution rested on the army, the continental army under the leadership of George Washington not the Hudson River, not the possession of New York or Philadelphia, was the key to victory. It was George Washington who held the army together and gave it spirit through the most desperate of times. Um, That's the legacy of our country, and it's something that we should be inspired by every day. Um, Also, a wonderful quote that I want to share with you from so. Sir George Otto Trevelyan, who um, was a, a writer from the Continental Period. Actually, he was a writer uh, from 100 years later in the, in the 1800s. And he's, but he's talking, he wrote a, a classic history of the American Revolution. And his quote is, quote, It may be doubted whether so small, it may not be doubted whether so small a number of men ever employed so over a short space of time who had greater and more lasting effects on the history of the world. And he's talking about Washington's army, that his you know, ragtag band of 3,000 men, starving men in many cases, uh, hungry men, um, who literally saved uh, the day at the end of the, the year 1776, specifically with the Battle of Trenton and then followed it up at the Battle of Princeton and then as we mentioned, many of them um, chose not to to end their enlistment on the 31st of December, 1776. They chose to to 
to reenlist and stick around, uh, and, and and thus the army was saved, and thus the country was saved for one more day. Now, of course, you know, as we all know, there were many, many, many more hardships along the way. Um, it was almost like this was like a recurring theme. <laughs> 1776, uh, the, the adversity, the hardship, but eventually we, um, once again, through Washington's leadership, per- persevered, and you know, the, the our wonderful country was was a result of that. And liberties which we in, in, enjoy still today, and which is now on our shoulders to try to try to preserve. Uh, one other quote that I want, uplifting quote I want to share with you, um, and and this is the kind of thing that that's on pa- virtually every page of this book, and this is from Mercy Warren. She was the wife of James Warren, and she, and Mercy Warren was an author from the Continental Period during the Revolution War period, and and she actually wrote a history of the American Revolution. And her quote is, quote, no people on earth in whom a spirit of enthusiastic zeal is so readily kindled and burned so remarkably as among Americans. And I'll repeat that one more time and try to say it a little bit better. No people on earth, there are no people on earth in whom a spirit of enthusiastic zeal is so readily kindled and burns so remarkably as among Americans. And, of course, what she was talking about was their enthusiastic uh, zeal for freedom and independence and not to be controlled by the British, not to be told what to do. You know, in their day, it was told uh, – they were being told uh, to, to have higher taxes. And then later, um, you know, martial law and shutting down the government um, of, of Boston and a military takeover of Boston – Back around 1774, 75, uh, which, of course, you know, fueled even more of the revolutionary zeal. I mean, but that's what they were dealing with. That's what their independent spirit was, had to battle. And, you know, our, our independent spirit has to battle mass requirements and, and um, you know, vaccination requirements, mandates. And, uh, you know, everything that we're dealing now, a, a mandatory mass for children in school. That, that that that's our British Army, <laughs> you know. That that that's our higher taxes. That's our you know soldiers occupying our homes. So anyway, they had their challenges they had to deal with, and we we certainly have ours, you know, more more so than we have ever had to deal with. Um, but kind of the point the point is, uh, we're not alone. We're not the first. Uh, even even as significant as as they are, our challenges are not near what the challenges were for Washington, the Patriots of 1776. They persevered. They had that incredible zeal, independent zeal, uh, which a big part of it was included their their faith in, in the Almighty, um, divine providence, as Washington often said. And so they were able to to persevere and, 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 and prevail and win, uh, create our great country, and do it with a smile on their face for the most part. And it's just um, – I'm Thank you for uh, indulging me to, to share these thoughts with you today. I, um, but once again, I, I is, you, you're probably getting the, the the idea that I really like this book. Um, but but I, I think it's important, and for me, it's been incredibly inspirational to see just the spirit that Washington and the Patriots of 1776 had. Other great leaders with him, like General Nathaniel Green. Uh, Henry Knox, who led, who who led the hard artillery and got got all the cannon across the the Delaware, um, and later became a general. He was also the first Secretary of, of War uh, for the country. It was it was phenomenal to see the kind of resilient spirit that these men had, and and how willingly they went up against the greatest odds, um, um, you know, <laughs> imaginable, um, and, and did it with, with 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 a smile on their face, with energy and zeal, and confidence and courage. And it's something that we can take with us every day. Um, before we sign off, of course, I want to let you know, give a shout out to Vito and Rhonda over at Network Sound and Video and let you know that um, that any of your memories, and I know many of you are, are passionate about our history. I know many of you have great historical um, artifacts and items that, that aren't up to date technologically. Well, Vito and Rhonda can get that up to date technologically for you. Any family uh, mementos that you have, weddings, military service, birthdays, just uh, the moments of our life that are so special, and we want to protect 
Vito and Rhonda will do that in perfect fashion at Network Sound and Video, and you can find them at NetworkSoundandVideo.com. That's NetworkSoundandVideo.com, or you can just give them a call at 407-834-8555. That's 407-834-8555, or just drop by and see them. They're at 2550 Ronald Reagan um, Boulevard in Longwood. And I also, of course, want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Thompson Jewelers and give a shout-out to Derek and Mr. Thompson and, and all the great people at Thompson Jewelers. I know that I want to thank you, too, because I, I know a lot of our listeners have gone over to Thompson's. They've found great, wonderful items there, and they've all, wonderful gifts at Thompson's, and they've also um, just been able to experience the great family-type extraordinary service that you can receive at Thompson Jewelers. And I want to thank you for, for going to visit uh, Derek and Mr. Thompson and everybody at Thompson Jewelers. And of course, if you haven't been, they're located in Orlando's original mall, the Colonial Plaza. At least that's their, uh, their Orlando store. And of course they have their location in Kissimmee St. Cloud as well. And that's on 192 right next to Hobby Lobby. Well, friends, it's been great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. Once again, as I said, thank you for indulging me um, as I probably randle, rambled a little bit about the wonderful book by David McCullough, 1776. Once again, it was published back around 2007, but it's in my library. I grab it and reread it from time to time, and I've, I'm rereading the whole book right now, and it's been one of the best decisions I've made in a long time because it's extraordinarily uplifting and inspirational, and I think we all need something inspirational and uplifting right now. And friends, thank you for joining us on the program today. I hope you'll have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend. Have a great day. Thank you.